0: Rugby League fans, welcome back to the NRL Back 3 podcast. Coach, Squid and LJ bringing you bands from the week that was and, of course, the week ahead. Now, everyone, I'm unfortunately going to have to start us off a little bit more somber than we usually would. I've got to make a public apology. Uh, Everyone, uh, I'm deeply sorry. Uh, I apologize on behalf of the NRL Back 3 podcast. The last two weeks, we've spoken quite vigorously about a particular team. The West Tigers and, of course, Luke Brooks. We've spoken probably a little bit too much, in my honest opinion. And I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, they're clearly a fucking horrible team. And we should never speak of them again. So from now on, guys, we're not going to talk about the West Tigers. So moving right along, let's start this podcast off right. Yeah. Squiddy, how was your weekend, mate?
1: Cheers, Coach. Enough about those boys. Um, yeah, my weekend was uh, pretty good. Just slowly recovering from my Masters preseason game that I played on the weekend. The mighty Newland Stags getting up over the local rivals, the Glenora Bears. Big high-scoring game of 5-3. Old Squid here set up three of those five tries, so obviously another stellar performance by the old boy. Uh, but yeah, no, that
2: was a much about me. What about you, Aljad? noticed you weren't there on Sunday. What happened? Mate, to be perfectly honest, I only have shark stubbies, and there was no way I was wearing them on Sunday. <laughs> so instead, I put one drink in the left hand, one in the right, and just watched the rest of the games instead on
0: Saturday night. Well, boys, we'll kick things off, as always, with how good. And for me, boys, it has to be live NRL. Fuck, it was awesome. I obviously went to the Melbourne Storm game uh, versus the Warriors at Amy Park and it was my first live game in two years and I gotta tell you it was incredible man I was surrounded by Storm supporters but uh, this Warriors fan was loud, proud and the atmosphere was just electric like I don't know if that came across on television but at the stadium it was so much fun loved every moment even though the Warriors got smashed so that's what was good for me over the weekend what about you uh, Squid? Well before
2: Squid jumps in there I'd actually like to ask you a few questions about it we haven't had live NRL back in New Zealand for about two years now. Mm. So i got five questions for you. Firstly, how much were beers? What was the
0: percentage and how many did you get through? Uh, I was drinking four pints refreshing ale. I think they're about 4% and I don't know what price they were because I was just so excited. I just went four tray of beers, give it to me. Went and got it twice. So I drank eight beers over the, over the period. Awesome. Then obviously what complements
2: the drink is the food. So what was the food like and what were the options?
0: I was actually quite surprised by the food. There were hot dogs, burgers, chicken and beef. And I went for the beef burger and a hot dog. Hot dog, super underwhelming. The bun was about two times the size of the sausage. So that was overpriced. I don't know what it cost, but it was fucking horrible. The burger surprised me though. It was burger and chips for about, I don't know, 17 bucks. And uh, it was surprisingly good. So Amy Park do well on their beef burgers.
2: You always got to worry when the burger to bun ratio is a little bit out. But instead of talking about hot dog, what about hotties in the crowd? Were there any?
0: There weren't actually. There were a lot of ferals at the game. Um, Yelling, screaming. Like the problem with living in Melbourne is that you actually get all the AFL ferals coming to the Storm Games as well. So a lot of the ladies, they're not good lookers, mate. Trust me. It's not like Sydney. Sydney, they've got babes galore. Especially if you go to a Manly or or a Sydney Roosters game. Babes galore.
2: Okay, good to know. How many chants did you get out there? Any on camera?
0: Uh, I don't think I got any chance on camera, but there was at least a couple. Um, I was on the wrong side of the field, though, so I was directly opposite the supporters, but I was kind of on the 30-meter line, five rows back from the sideline. So it was a wicked, wicked area to be to watch the game. And uh, apparently, though, I was on camera for the Sky television footage, but I wasn't on it for the Foxtel footage. But uh, yeah, it was, it was good times, mate. Then I guess the final question, which everyone's got to ask, did you manage to get into the haka for Walshy? I didn't, man. Uh, once again, they were on the opposite side of the field, and the Warriors did like a half circle around from the supporters, and then I was on the other side of the tunnel. So they went basically over to the supporters, and they did a half circle round into the tunnel. So I didn't get to say hello to the players, even though I was directly behind the bench. So I can tell you, Ben Murdoch-Masilla, Bunty Foa, Jazz Tafaga, Kane Evans, they all heard me. They all heard my chance because I was literally five seats behind them. It was awesome. It was such a good experience.
2: Oh, man. Missed the live league. But I guess now back to Squid. Squid, can you compete with this?
1: Absolutely not. I just have actually a question now, Coach. What was that pregame Anzac atmosphere like, mate?
0: Dude, phenomenal, man. Like I was watching the games on Friday, Saturday, and I wasn't really feeling the Anzac spirit. But being at the game... You definitely feel the trumpets, you feel the silence, you feel the somberness of the whole Anzac atmosphere and then the electricity when everything kicks off man like Anzac Day games are the best. I got to say that. I've been to grand finals, I've been to semi-finals, I've been to Origin and I got to say Anzac games are up there with Origin.
1: I would have to admit that that Storm Warriors game is probably one of my bucket list league events that I'd love to do. Done done a lot of them like like yourself, but that's up there with uh, yet to be ticked off. My how good this weekend is Benji motherfucking Marshall winding back the clock 16 years. That flat pass. How
2: good.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, man. Fuck, he had a good game. He's been playing superb all year. And to be honest, he's going to go down as... Probably the greatest Kiwi to ever to play the game. Stacey Jones is obviously number one at the moment, but when you look back in 10 years' time, surely Benji Marshall's going to be in the conversation.
1: Oh, mate, I don't disagree. He'll be in that conversation for the Kiwis, if not just as a great player, as an NRL elite. Um, you know, when he came out in 04, 05, he was just doing things different that no one had ever done before. You know, the, the things that were behind the scenes that you might see at training, but this guy was making them come off on the field. Like we just touched on the 05 flip pass, the step. His name was on everybody's lips in the kids playing Backyard. Oh, Benji, oh, Benji. You know, because everyone wanted to be like him.
0: And I think a really important part of his career now is that his rugby stint doesn't have a bad taste in your mouth anymore. Like, I felt like that really had a lot of disdain from the NRL community. But I think now you just don't remember his time in the rugby union system. So, yeah, I think it's great. And I think his legacy will live on.
1: I was actually just reading up on him the other day, and he played a lot less rugby than I thought. He only managed to get six games for the Blues, which I barely remember, to be honest. So, you know, from coming back and playing at the Dragons and the Broncos and now back at the Rabbitohs, like you say, it's all but forgotten, to be honest. Aldo, you got
2: any thoughts on uh,
1: Benji motherfucking Marshall?
2: First of all, that flick pass was a thing of glory. The fact that he did an inside flick and it just hung there, just waiting to be scooped up and taken to the try. I saw an interview on Benji Marshall a few years ago, I think is when he may have been retiring or leaving or Robbie may have been retiring, but he was talking about how Wayne Bennett changed his game. He believed all the way up to that point that he could beat someone with his steps or his kicks. And just play eyes up football. He then said that he now needs to beat people with his brains and his passing skills. And really now I think he looks in the best shape of his life,
0: really. He reminds me of those like sixty year old men who just run around every like morning. You see them running past as you're like kinda hungover, heading to work. And these guys are in their short shorts and singlets, ripped abs and muscles, but they're like (laughs) greying to the nines, wrinkles on their face. But God, he looks way better than I do.
1: Mate, I'm not sure if you guys saw the photo of him a couple of weeks ago. He has got a rig on him. I think he had like a nine pack somehow, which is crazy. Mate, if I've got that when I'm 46 years old, I will take it and run.
2: (laughs) I think that's the guy who cleaned out squid in the weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, probably.
2: (laughs) Uh, How good for you, LJ? Well, it's a bit of a tough week to really pull out a how good. Uh, Super coach, I did really well. Uh, The Talakai Fan Club pulled up a PB. But I guess the other thing is I really found some drinking form. Now, the reason that's key is this weekend I've just been pulled into the box to watch some live footy myself. Although it's a different code, really got to make sure that's drinking's on point as we're going with a big group of boys who are big drinkers, especially around the workways. So really got to stand up for myself there.
0: Oh, I'm sure you'll get yourself back into form, mate. No troubles. Now, the one advice that I would give you is not to worry. But speaking of worrying, Squid, worried as, Ooh. take it away.
1: Boys, watching that game on Sunday, Warriors versus Storm, we always knew that the boys had to play their absolute best to compete because the Storm's worst game is still a good bloody game. But it doesn't get any easier with the bunker and the refereeing continuing to hinder our chances. When Josh Curran came out and put that shot on and then they deemed it a head high, when the commentators would just say, oh, you know, it's maybe some accidental head contact with your own head, which is just... Accidental. There's no intention of you know trying to bloody take his head off or anything because why would you? Um, and then all of a sudden he gets ten minutes. Now that ten minutes there didn't control the game, but it obviously takes a lot of out of the players that are on the field, and then has a carry-on effect. And with that being in the first five minutes, it was always going to be a struggle from there. So it's just a worrying that we have to play, you know, 25% better
2: just to have a chance to get a win with the bunker and the referee.
1: LJ, what you, what's got you worried? Yeah. What's
2: really noticeable is that um, RTS is starting to get picked up on the mic as well. And when he got given that sim bin, you could hear him really complaining and let loose. Then later on in the game, he really started ripping into the ref with some comments about how shit it is. I feel like he's about one comment away from getting sim himself, which is finally good to see some passion out there. if I was going to say what's got me worried as is it's one position. It's the reason we're not in the top eight and probably won't make it as our hooker or lack thereof. Egan himself, just terrible. He is not a runner. He hasn't got a great pass. It's slow. He stands up, delivers, even turns around, has a look sometimes, and he's got no kicking game whatsoever. So really he's just filling a space at the moment. I prefer Ben murdoch Masilla in there myself. Talking about
1: code jumping, I read, an, I read a comment this week and it said, I haven't seen a delivery that slow since Justin Marshall. <laughs> 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 so for those of you don't know, he's an ex-All Black, ex-Canterbury uh, Crusader player and he was just well known for his slow passing. He was more of a game manager than a better passer back in the day.
0: Well boys, my worry is, kind of touches on the youth that we have in the team. So Egan's obviously a very inexperienced hooker, but just the youth in general, we've got players that haven't played 20 games yet and too many of them so that's probably my biggest concern I've kind of ridden us off for the season but obviously being a Warriors supporter I've got a lot of faith in the team and I will support them but as long as they bring in energy I'm happy but at this stage I don't think they're going to make the top eight just based on the amount of lack of experience we have in the players that are playing due to injury and
1: that's the thing there coach it's unlucky that we have to blood so many players all at the same time Um, you know and that it's mainly due to injury Besides, obviously, Reese Walsh coming in there and having an absolute outstanding debut, um, one of the best on the field, not just for the Warriors, but for both teams, I think it definitely would have been top five for me. It's positive at least, but I do agree with what you're saying. Too much inexperience, it does make things a lot harder because you need those old heads, steady brain on the shoulders just to do the go forward, do the simple things and for guys not to get too outlandish with things that are just
2: unnecessary on the field. Okay guys, now to one of my favourite sections, Muppet of the Week, sponsored by the Canola Sutherland Sharks this weekend. They actually had 17 players who will put their hand up for this guess uh, prestigious event of being our Facebook banner, but it really got narrowed down to one, and he didn't even make it to the NRL side. Will Chambers, We often talked that he was going to win it last week and potentially going to win two in a row, and he's done it. So many reasons, but I've got to tick it off. First, he's playing reserve grade. Second, he throws a punch in reserve grade. And third, the punch only hits the knee. Uh, so we got Sinbin sin for a punch on the knee. And it's just great all round, really. Um, How tall was well, the guy that he tried to punch?
0: I think he was punching from the ground. it just swung at the marker. Yeah, the footage is hilarious. If you haven't gone to watch the footage of Will Chambers punching someone in reserve game from last round, go and do it because he looks like an absolute muppet literally punching the dude in the knee from the ground.
1: Go watch it. Oh, So good. We'll have to put that one in the wink bank.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In all honesty, guys, I think Will Chambers might actually take out Muppet of the Year as well. We'll see by the year's end, but Muppet of the Year could be in contention for Will Chambers, the captain of the Muppet of the Weeks.
2: Well, that's very interesting that he's leading the M Muppet votes considering he's only been in the Sharks team for two weeks. He is versing his old team, The Storm, this weekend, so he's probably going to get that hat trick pretty early on. Money's down on a Sinbin 25 minutes in maybe punching olum and you know olum's not going to take that this could be the first fight of the season boys thoughts the only thing that is if he does throw the punch at olum Olive, olum's not even
1: going to feel it You're like <laughs> is, that, is that just another melvin's bloody seagull on the field or something for
2: fuck's sake not not old olum strong knees <laughs> <laughs> what's really interesting is there's actually a chance of a cattle dog call so they've actually made pg a roving reporter so Paul Gallen himself is actually going to run and throw a punch. And he might aim at Chambers himself, just really reunite the feud again. He's not after the Storm players, just Will. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that will put that whole, um, does does PG actually hate the Melbourne Storm to rest? Because if he just goes straight for Will Chambers, well, we know that was never true.
2: Well, with Coach sliding me over this card on the table, I think that means it's up for our sponsor of the week. So looking at this new card, just reading it now, it's Auntie Karen's Super Dry Cat Food. When you want that cat having that nice meal but you don't want it too wet and staining the carpets you get that super dry so Coach, I'm interested about this one. How did you get these guys on board with our NRL podcast?
0: Yeah, well, funnily enough, actually, <laughs> after last week's double dehydrated sand, uh, these guys reached out and said, hey, we do a dry product as well. Are you willing to go two weeks in a row with dry goods? And I said, hell yeah, you got the money. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, Aunt Karen's super dry cat food is actually, uh, you can use it on a lot of different species of cats. A lot of cats these days are a little bit fussy, vegetarian cats, uh, cats that eat meat. Keto um, cats. Paleo cats. <laughs> Vegan cats. You know, there's all these different types of cats these days. So, yeah, she's come out and she's created this fantastic product, which everyone should go out and buy, to be honest. Um, Also, if you've got dogs, she don't mind if they get a little squeeze of that uh, cat food themselves. So, Auntie Karen's Super Dry Cat Food. Put the meow back in your life. Meow. All right, boys. And now it's time for Ladder Talk. Ladder Talk.
1: The team on everybody's lips this week is those bloody Bulldogs getting their first win over LJ's uh, little Sharkies. Um, And didn't they look good in that first half? LJ, what do you reckon, mate? uh, What was going on with your boys?
0: I'm sorry, LJ's not here right now. (laughs) I think he's blacked out that game, to be fair. That game, uh, I know he wasn't happy. I was in a group chat with him while the game was on. And uh, yeah, I think he's erased that from his memory. But uh, for me, though, Squid, if you want my opinion, I thought they showed a lot of heart. And if you're an NRL supporter, all you want from your team is good quality heart. So for them to show up, play the way that they did and steal a win from the Sharkies who to be fair are playing a little bit underwhelming. I reckon more power to them and <laughs> let's get uh, let's get them off the bottom of the table and put the Broncos there instead who are also only on one win for the season. With well,
2: actually that win in the weekend though, Canterbury have actually turned it round and they're only four points out of the eight. And just quickly before we move on from this, um LJ's actually
1: started to give a little page to pay for his therapy <laughs> sessions after that weekend. So um We'll put a link on the we'll put a link on our social pages, so please guys give a little it'll it'll mean a lot to. Him.
0: <laughs> Zing
1: <laughs> watch out. I did actually have a quick look after that win on um, Saturday there, and it was I was like, please have the Broncos at the bottom, please have the Broncos at the bottom, but that superior
2: or inferior for and against it that the Canterbury have, it's just going to be tough for them to get off the bottom, I think. When talking about four and against, though, if you look in the bottom eight, there's only one team with a positive four and against, and it's the Sharks at positive eight, but yet the Titans and the Canberras both have negative PDs in the top eight. So I think we should start making PDs how you get in the top eight and not enough about wins. Forget that. Wins in points.
1: And they should also bring back last try wins, I reckon, too.
0: (laughs) Now, boys, I've got a little conversation starter for you. So I thought I'd bring something up this week. It is earlier on the season, but I thought I'd get your opinion on who the most underrated player is in the NRL at the moment. So maybe start off with you, Squiddy. Who do you think?
1: I haven't watched this player too closely so far this season, but Remus Smith, the way he played in that Storm Warriors game, he was just looking fast, elusive, strong. Plays with a bit of aggression as well. Like, he's wanting to break through that line. He's wanting to beat those defenders. He's wanting to make those tackles. So I feel like it's just another classic player who's not bad, but going into that Storm system, and they're just bringing the best out of them. So for me, I think he could be one to watch, and he'll just um he'll climb the ranks. But for now, he's probably a little bit underrated because there's still plenty of good centre wingers out there. That he, so he's just not the first player on your list. At the moment.
2: I mean, I'd like to throw in that he did make the Kiwis when he played for the Bulldogs, so you got to give Bulldogs the system some praise as well. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Bulldogs on a hot streak. You give them the praise they
1: deserve. Was that when they played that game in America? Is that the game that you talk about when, like, no players could really make it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Good on you, Remus. Good on your Bulldogs. Well done.
2: Remus Smith, interesting. What about you, LJ? Well, he's finally starting to pick up some media coverage, but the little man himself, Corey Thompson, oh, good choice. he's a little pocket rocket and against the Rabbitohs just watching him play he had 262 meters one offload but like his hands can't really hold the ball that well two line breaks and a whopping five tackles and all those five tackles came from the kickoff where he sprinted down the field and nailed the props probably won't be in all the highlights because they don't get shown around lots but yeah that's how he got his five tackles so I'm a big fan of his love the energy and just think he's in a Titans team that actually has someone who's able to give him the ball
0: a number of his line breaks this season as well they've been like 60 meter runs so he's pretty elusive and obviously played in the NRL for quite a few years now too so yeah he's obviously coming of age which is pretty awesome I agree great player
2: and I go to um I like to talk about hamstrings a bit his are a bit bigger than Cody Nikarima's, so no injury concerns with this one. But, uh, Coach, who have you got your eyes on?
0: Well, for me, boys, it's going to have to go to another Kiwi, Jerome Hughes. He won the uh, Anzac medal on the weekend for the Melbourne Storm, but all season long, like this guy two years ago was struggling to get a spot in the halves. People were dissing him, saying, nah, he's not good enough, ditch him, trade him. But he has come a long way, and he's ripping up the NRL at the moment and doesn't get the praise. So for me, Jerome Hughes, he's... He's breaking lines, kicking. His kicking game has been insane this year. Short kicks, long kicks, and setting up players. Like his try assists have got to be up there with one of the best. So, yeah, Jerome Hughes, yeah, I think he needs a lot more of a spotlight on him. And for me, he's the most underrated NRL player in the NRL.
1: I'll agree with you there, Coach, because a couple of seasons back, Brody Croft and Jerome Hughes were going week in, week out, trying to cement that number seven spot after Cooper Cronk had just left. And you didn't really know who they were going to choose. But they obviously stuck with Jerome Hughes, fucked off Brodie Croft, and the Storm again have just made a great decision, and he has just come in on leaps and bounds. I would say the improvement between him and probably Jerome Luai is probably neck and neck
2: with um, improvements at the moment. I actually owe him an apology. When I first saw him come out, I think he started off in the number one jersey and I did not rate him at all. I even didn't rate him when the Warriors had a chance to sign him. But after watching his performances and how he's controlled the game and outshone Pappenhausen, outshone Munster and really taken hold of it kind of wish he was a warrior now
0: yeah he's playing better than Munster this year which is crazy to think about maybe Munster's taking a little bit more of a serious leadership role but he's setting up Pappenhausen almost every game like we talk so highly of Ryan Pappenhausen but I think that's hugely part and parcel with Jerome Hughes it's
1: almost like one wouldn't happen without the other you know so they do compliment each other on the field yeah so you hear that Jerome LJ sorry we know you're listening <laughs> second apology of the podcast <laughs> no, no doubt it won't be the last Following that shit attempt of an apology from Aljo, we've got some shit facts this week. Uh, We all know already how bad the Warriors-Storm game was, but surprisingly, that is the most points that have been scored by any team against the Melbourne Storm this year of 20. And if you actually go back and look at the stats, we actually statistically performed a lot better than Melbourne Storm. We had more ball... We had a better completion rate. We had more hit-ups, more meters gained. More. The only thing that we didn't beat them in was line breaks, and that was three to ten. Wow. And that was obviously a big telling difference.
2: And we won most missed tackles. <laughs> now the stat. We're so just
1: winning all over the show. And just another little stat here that I've got so far this week. I wouldn't say it's so shit, but Tommy Turbo, two games back, two best player on the field awards. And he's raced up to six points on the Dallium leaderboard. Now, if he goes for a treble and gets a third one, taking him up to nine points, he's got himself well within reach of competing for that top gong at the end of the year. And he's also going to be possibility for the top gong of the year at the steadies and maybe get a Dallium at the same time. So just watch out if he keeps playing this well. And it's just amazing because he's missed the
2: first five rounds of the season. Those are some great stats. Now looking at some key matchups that we've got for the round. Squid, who have you got? Todd Payton versus the Warriors this week. So that'll be an interesting
1: one. The Warriors wanted to keep him on his full time, but he was like, nah, Bolt, I'm just going to sign as the interim for now, see that out, and then I'm going to jump on and go back to Australia and try my best to coach there. So we'll see who's going to get the last laugh on this one this week up in Townsville there. So it'll be interesting and I hope that the Warriors give it to them. You you boys got any matchups this week
2: that you're interested in? Well, one that I'm actually pretty excited about um, is watching Ponga versus Teddy. So Teddy has been cleared and named to play, although it could be a late pullout, but that is the Queensland one versus the New South Wales one. Quite a lot of key matchups this weekend. But Ponga really, just coming back from injuries, let's see if he's still got that sidestep, see if he can still lead the team. They do look like a different team with him there. And then Teddy, he's really got to fire up that uh, roosters machine with the likes of Sam Walker and see maybe some big points coming this game.
1: Yeah, this will be an interesting one. They do have two different contrasting types of games. You've got Ponga who comes in a bit more of a playmaker, and then you've got Teddy who comes in with a little bit more ad-lib to off the shoulders, running off the forwards, that support player type of game with maybe the odd last pass to you know skip on the outsides for the wingers and stuff like that. So that would be a good one to watch in just another Origin preview.
0: My biggest question is going to be who's going to get concussed first? Is it going to be <laughs> oh. Ponga who got concussed about three weeks ago, or is it going to be Teddy who might not actually make the field, but if he does... Is he going to get concussed straight away like he did last week? He gets
2: concussed again. He's gone for origin.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd I'd prefer they rested him, to be
0: honest. Well, I think he will. Yeah, I think he will. But for me, boys, I've got the neck versus the chin. (laughs) New South Wales 7 against Queensland (laughs) 7. Nate Dog cleary against DCE. What a matchup. That game has got a ginormous highlighted circle around it. The Penrith Panthers against the Seagulls. But that's the matchup that I'm most looking forward to. This is the game that's going to decide who gets up, the New South Wales Blues or the Queensland Maroons. And I think the Chin's going to have him. The Penny Panthers playing some outstanding football. And that is, of course, thanks to the Chin, Nate Dog cleary what
2: I also like with uh, Nathan Cleary is his TikTok dances as well uh, that he performed at the end of last season, which got him got him a nice spell on the bench. But speaking of Nathan Cleary, that actually brings it to my game of the round, which is the Panthers versus the Seagulls. Now, I hate to say this because I'm not a manly fan at all, but those boys are flying under Tommy Turbo at the moment. If you give that forward pack a bit of momentum, a bit of a self-belief, they're really going to rip in. So just watching the Panthers forward pack take on the Seagulls, really looking forward to that one.
1: Isn't it just amazing how much one player can just change an entire team. It's crazy. He is just carving up in the games that he's been back. So I hope he continues, and I hope he stays injury-free because he's just a quality player and deserves to be viewed by all the NRL fans, even though he plays for fuck manly.
2: And a little tip out there for people in Supercoach land, worth picking up. here to hear first,
1: LJ tip. Ladies, that might not be the only tip you get from LJ, so keep listening. Um, my game that I'm actually looking forward to is the old Battle of the M1. Broncos versus the Titans. Now, the Broncos are coming out with another new halves pairing. The MILF is back into the team with a young debutant, Tyson Gamble. So that'll be interesting to see how they fare on the field. Obviously, the MILF playing a couple of games in reserve grade. Hopefully, that sort of brought him back to earth. I heard he's done some good things while he was out there. You know, drew in a lot of crowd for the New South Wales team. So hopefully, he comes back and hits the ground running. And we know that he can be such a dangerous player on the field.
0: Now, boys, for me, I've got the game not to watch. And of course, it's going to be that Sunday final game, the Dragons versus team that shall not be named what a trash game that's going to be and I reckon after the Warriors pummel the Cowboys go to the pub maybe check your TRB account after you win on Thursday <laughs> no
1: I'd have to agree with you there coach I reckon after the Warriors touch up the North Queensland Cowboys just go for kick-ons and don't worry about watching the next game
0: now from teams to watch and not watch we go to players to watch and for me it's going to be RTS named at fullback but I've got a sneaky suspicion that maybe Nathan Brown has got a little bit of a smoky up his sleeve and he's going to swap him into the halves and get Reece Walsh into the fullback position. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that because, uh, yeah, RTS is going to be a bit of a halfback this weekend.
2: I actually have a feeling they were going to do that last week, but, Kosh, got some inside knowledge from watching from the sideline that RTS hurt his hand before the game kicked off.
0: I did. They're on warm up and then RTS had to come off with his hand in his jumper. So, one of the boys that I was with pointed it out and, yeah, I thought he was not going to take the field so I text the boys saying hey get him out of your dream teams thankfully no one had him but uh, yeah he actually came back on the field and looked okay from what I understand even though he missed that tackle from Adokar which led to that try and infuriated me I don't know what the hell was going on there but anyway getting sidetracked and speaking
2: about missed tackles and Rhys Walsh Oh, he has to watch out. He is eerily close to getting a nickname like some of the greats that we've got out there, some of the best nicknames in the NRL. There's uh, Sean Turnstile Johnson, James Speedbump Maloney, Darius Statue Boyd, and probably one of the best nicknames I've ever heard is Jordan Seal Tansy. I <laughs> Get you're wondering how he got this name. He was highly recruited out of the UK, signed on a two-year deal came in as fullback for the Roosters in the 09 and he got stepped so badly that as he dove to make the tackle his hands hit each other in a clapping sensation and this happened a few times um it's actually the Roosters faithful boarded out and I saw it all over facebook which was fantastic i even believe they did a video where they put the seal sounds over it it was just great to watch now, as I mentioned, he was on a two-year contract. He only made it seven games before he got shipped back to
0: the Super League in the UK. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow! Ouch! 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 Oh no, that doesn't quite work, does it? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Squid? Any players to watch this week? Uh, my player to watch this week is Dane Laurie from
1: that team sh- that shall not be named. Uh, he's currently leading for Rookie of the Year at this point and he's having to play above his pay grade at the moment for this team because they're just the senior players around him are just not willing to stand up and he's having to take a lot of that pressure and a lot of the responsibility on his shoulders. So he's lucky that he's young and shouldn't burn out given the workload that he's
2: taking on and just hope that he continues to play some good footy. Well, I'm going to have to stop you there as I don't actually believe he is a rookie. He's been in the league for about 50 15 years he's got the long dreads he flies in i think he's got a few sim bins in his time A few yellow cards great player one of my faves
0: he's a jailer (laughs) at the moment isn't he
2: yeah i think he's playing crash ball these days
0: (laughs) oh dame larry what a legend all right boys now i've got another little conversation starter and i just want to throw it out there big hits or head knocks the last few weeks, we've seen a lot of tackles which have deemed to have been head high tackles and players placed on report and players going to the judiciary and players getting penalized or players getting off. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Is the game getting too soft? Are we seeing too many legit tackles, which are big, huge hits, being deemed as head contact and players really, really getting rorted in the judiciary system? In the case of last week, Victor Radley got off. His one wasn't. This week, we got Curran, which in my personal belief, I thought it was a head knock in the tackle. So what do you guys reckon? Is the game getting a bit too soft and we're going a little bit too pretentious with the uh, the head contact? Or am I just being a complete Muppet and going old school in my views?
2: Well, you're definitely not up for Muppet of the Week. Definitely say that. I feel like the B-Hit game changes are now been removed from the game. Now, um, speaking of which, one of them is my boy Talakai. Flew in with what deemed to be a shoulder charge with a massive tackle that they didn't even check. The refs didn't even think anything about it until four tackles later and he was still laying on the ground. So now he's uh, off for four weeks after missing the first four weeks of <laughs> injury. Uh, so just starting a little GoFundMe page with a hashtag free um, Hopefully get him some pay since he's only played one game.
0: Yeah, maybe again, I'm being old school in my views, but I thought Telekai's hit was legit AF. Like Angus Crichton did the exact same tackle in the game against the Dragons and Uh, basically he got put on report but didn't get sent off but it was the exact same tackle so I don't know what's going on guys
1: unfortunately I just think that there's inconsistencies in you know what's a big hit what's head contact Um, you know we talk about Curran, Radley, Crichton all three different results on base effectively similar looking tackles Talakai as well Um, I just think that it's Gone are the days where a big tackle like that is a momentum changer, you know, to pick your team up on the field and start a bit of a rivalry with a player on the field, you know, because if they get smashed, they want to get one back or, you know, prove that it was a fluke or something like that. But it's just like some people are too scared to do it, so they don't want to do it. And then you get someone like hashtag who's like, I don't give a shiz. I'm just going to come and lay some sons of bitches out. So I just think... Not necessarily gone soft, just where is the line in the sand in this? You know, what's good, what's bad? There's just too many inconsistencies for me to deem, you know, what's a high tackle these days.
0: You touched on a really good point. Like, after Talakai's tackle, the Sharks were looking sharp. It just sucked that literally four plays later he gets sent off for 10 and then they basically crumble uh, and play a really shit game. But yeah, like... That changed the game, and then he got sent off. It's just, like, I think we're going too far, personally. I'm all for, like, player health, but I think that, like, in Curran's case, I reckon that was a head knock, not a shoulder contact. But, hey, some people will pull out photos and say that that was the way it went and that the refs were right, but, yeah...
1: And when it gets to the point of the judiciary, it's just who's got the best paid lawyers there that'll get you the best results. It's not really on the actual incident itself. Um, And if I recall, I can't remember who Talakai hit, but he just, he got up ready to play the ball. Like, he didn't care. He was like, sweet, good shot, carry on.
2: Speaking of lawyers, that's actually why Talakai's taken the early plea of four weeks. Can't actually afford a lawyer after one game. So this is why the hashtag FreeTalakai, that GoFundMe page is up and, you know, help him out.
0: Well, he's going to have to be lucky there, but uh, boys... TAB time. T-T-B.
2: T-T-B. Well, if that song hasn't got you excited, we're well, about to hit you with some knowledge for our Anytime Tries Grow Thursday special. So Sebastian Chris, uh, usually a second row, is back in the centres for the Canberra Raiders. And then we also have CHN, who's back from a little reprieve from getting banned for asking out some high school girls for the Raiders, as well as Alex Johnson, back for the Rabbitohs as another easy try. Squid, who do you have? I've actually got something that I think we might hit this week. I don't think it's been done by anybody. Um,
1: Jordan Rapana, he scored the first try in almost half the games this year. So I think he might continue that trend. And I know old Jackie wide it has across the dot so I'm, I'm thinking that for a rapana first try scorer jackie ats multi you've heard it here first and it'll win you some big money it's about 17 to the dollar that's going to be an easy half a house if you ask me
0: and for me boys i'm going for hudson young the man child he's he basically has to get a try because he's in my dream team and he's been scoring really trash so he's going to score a try this week you're going to put 500 on him and you're going to walk home with a bucket load of money so do it now hudson young Is this
1: because his head's on the chopping
0: block, Coach? Does he have to
1: perform this week or is he out? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, well, he's meant to have been a great cash cow of mine and he was doing really well, but then last week he scored really shit and then the week before he was kind of dipping. So he's on a a downward trajectory and I really need some big scores because I was going to trade him, maybe not next week or the week after, but definitely halfway through the season I was going to trade him. So Hudson Young, brother, come on. The man child, I need you to get over the line.
2: Well, speaking of dream team, Debbie Donuts crew have felt a little sad in the weekend. Didn't manage to hand out any donuts for the week. I think that's the second time this season. But hopefully this weekend, the Sharks are back on against Melbourne. As long as they lose 7 0, we'll still be good in the points differential.
1: Well, Wool Chambers is yet to taste Debbie's delicious donuts. So hopefully the Sharkies get a zero points this week and only lose 7-0 for you, Lee. So you're still in the positives. How does that sound?
0: Wicked. Well, boys, that uh ends the podcast for this week. Guys, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, the NRL Back Three. We'd love to see a few more followers this week but once again thank you so much for coming to check us out listening to our rambles and rants and uh i hope you all have a good week it's going to be some good games on this weekend except for that last game on sunday so thanks guys that's it for us here at the nrl back three podcast